Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, Black, it's time. Word. Word is timing. It's time, man. All right. Begin. Yeah. Straight out the dungeons of rap but fake don't make it back i don't know how to start Rappers are monkey flipping with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition. A pain, I'm like Scarface sniffing. Holding the M16, see with the pen, I'm extreme. Now, bullet holes left in my peak holes. I'm suited up with street clothes. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. I was trying to send Polly some audio from uh, Jim Harbaugh. We'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, boy. Jim Harbaugh is one of the oddest cats you're going to find in all of football. There's just no there's no two ways around it. He's he's had a lot of success, but even going back to his days coaching USD as quarterback, I don't think we knew when he was quarterback of the Bears and the Chargers for a little while. I don't think even back then we knew how different of a fellow Jim Harbaugh really was. He's a he's a different cat, man. He uh like just full disclosure, the the audio that Ben was sending me during the commercial break right there, he was like, hey, do you have the Jim Harbaugh audio? This was, of course, Jim Harbaugh suspended for cheating, essentially, and he did a big press conference yesterday. We weren't really looking for the audio about the scandal. It was, do you have the Judge Judy audio, the Judge Judy references? I go, no, but I do have him talking about chickens for like two minutes. It was just off the rails. He's... He's crazy. He, um, yeah, he essentially said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the courthouse on, on Friday. And, and, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I watched enough Judge Judy to know my rights in this kind of case. Uh, you're, not, you're not on trial. No one's trying to put you in jail. <laughs> this, is the crazy, this is the crazy thing about Michigan football right now. They're the one who put everyone in a bad situation. And, and I, I've gotten some Michigan fans on my timeline who have been mad at me for like, well, I mean, it wasn't really against the rules. Yeah, you can't advance scout, but stealing signs isn't specifically against the rules. So the Big Ten can't punish Michigan. They certainly can't suspend Harbaugh without due process. <laughs> the point of, you know, of sports is to try to create, at least in theory, a level playing field 
with the same rules for both teams. And then you hope that both teams would abide by the same code so that you can decide who's the better squad based on who plays better on the field on a Saturday or a Sunday or whenever they they match up. It's why the the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal offended all of us so much. It it takes away from why we really watch sports and that is who is better on this given day? You know, who has done their job better, put in the work better and performs better on the highest stages. And when you add an element of deviousness of you know, sign stealing of deflate gate in, in the NFL. When there's something that gives one team an inherent advantage over the other, it uh, to me, it kind of wrecks our experience as fans. You don't feel like you're watching what you signed up to watch in the first place. That's why I think people are mad at Michigan right now. Michigan, who already has a ton of advantages. It's not a level <laughs> playing field in college football. It's not. We know that there's haves and have-nots. Michigan is one of the biggest haves in all of college football. Right there with Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia, they're one of the big haves of college football. I can almost understand if a team like Indiana football or you know a, a, a lower-level team was trying to do something to just kind of level the playing field a little bit. Hey, we can't... We can't compete with them in recruiting dollars or NIL money. Let's see if we can get a little smarter. Maybe we can go steal some of their signals and and at least try to even things up a little bit. But Michigan already is the behemoth of, of the Big Ten, one of the two behemoths of the Big Ten. For them to be going out and then doing this on top of it, it's distasteful. It um, It's an insult, I think, to fans everywhere when teams try to do this. Because if you're winning, that inherently means that you're – you're probably beating the brains out of some other team's school, you know, some other team that other fans are cheering for that didn't have a fun experience when they lost 42-3 to to Michigan. By the way, a Michigan team that knew when a, a running play or a passing play was coming or they knew when the opposing team was going to blitz or not blitz, that makes a big difference. You can say all you want about, hey, you still have to stop it. You know, hey, we know what's coming. You still have to go out and execute your plays. If a team knows what's coming, it's absolutely an advantage. If they didn't, then misdirection wouldn't have any place in football. What's the point of faking? It's because you want them to think you're doing one thing when you're actually doing something else because that helps you on a football field. It's such a weird argument that well, si- stealing signs doesn't really make a big difference because you still have to tackle and you still have to block and you have to go out and execute. That's what Dion said. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It makes a huge difference. Of if you don't know what's coming, if you don't know if it's going to be a passing play or a running play, it makes all the difference in the world. The screenplay is designed to to basically you know invite the blitz in, so you can then beat that. If they don't blitz on a screen, a screen can't work. You've basically blown up that play. So if you know the opposing offense is running a screenplay, what do you do? You just wait around and go. We're not falling into that trap. We're just going to wait, and I see the running back coming out of the backfield, and we're just going to cover him. We're not going to run right by him thinking, oh, he's going to block to try to protect his quarterback. No, he's not. He's going to let us right by and slip past us, so they throw a five-yard pass to him, and he starts running down the field. You're telling me that if you you didn't know, you knew that was coming, that wouldn't be an advantage? Of course it's a huge advantage. Michigan fans to say otherwise is very disingenuous. (laughs) 
We'll play some of that audio when it finally gets over to Polly. But I wanted to bring that yeah. up. We need a contestant for Ted Real or Fake today. Uh, Woods is off, so no more take on Woods until tomorrow. But if you want to try to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas, now is your chance. 833-288-0973. Call now. 833-288-0973. Opportunity to win a trip for two to Resorts World Las Vegas and tickets to Luke Bryan uh, coming up here at the end of the year during his engagement. But you got to call in if you want to win and get into the hopper for our grand prize drawing. 833-288-0973. Uh, we'll get into the award season in Major League Baseball coming up here. Had the Rookie of the Year announcements yesterday. I think tomorrow is the Cy Young yes. announcements, tomorrow right? Tomorrow and then MVPs on Thursday. Thursday. Manager of the Year today. So Skip, this yep. could be Skip's day today. Yeah, could And be. then tomorrow could be Blake Snell's day. And then on Thursday, we'll learn the American and National League MVP awards. So it's uh, it's award season in Major League Baseball. Week 10 of the NFL season officially wrapped up. We'll get into a little bit Monday Night Football. And don't do this based on how the game ended in our next segment uh, coming up a little bit later. Uh, Eric Stangle is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Former head writer for the David Letterman Show. Guy I've known for a long time. Catching up on uh, things like the writer's strike, what what he's been up to, and uh, his continued Chargers fandom from across the country, which is still... Always amazing to me. So we'll do that at the bottom of the hour. Longtime uh, friend and uh, been a listener, and uh, I've always enjoyed his stuff on social media as well. So uh, we'll do that at the bottom of the hour as well. Woodsy will be back uh, tomorrow after uh, his trip to L.A. He'll give us his stories of his concert at a cemetery in Hollywood. If you're following him on Twitter, he had one picture last night that pretty much looked like I expected a, a Hollywood Cemetery concert to look like. So, I see we got a lot of people calling in for our game. Let's play a little real or fake. Some are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for real or fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, Tell the people what they'll win today. I like this one. Let's go to Robert. Robert, good morning. Welcome to uh, Ben and Pauly in Real or Fake. How are you today? Uh, buenos dias. Buenos dias. Uh, so how do you pronounce Benji Gill's name, Robert? <laughs> I would say Benji Gill, but, you know, <laughs> Mexican people are just going to say heel. That's what I've been saying. I've been saying Benji Heel. I don't, I don't know. I'm waiting for him to tell us if he has introduced his manager of the Padres. All right. Uh, here's your chance to qualify for that trip to Las Vegas and Resorts World and the Luke Bryan tickets. Uh, if you want to get your own out there, rwlasvegas.com. Uh, for the headlining engagement, I actually looked up. Resorts World looks awesome. Have you been to Resorts World? Did you walk through it? I've walked through it. It's pretty cool, I've isn't it? There. It's yeah, like one it of the newest cool. uh, newest resorts on the Strip. Robert, you need to get four out of seven correct on Real or Fake today, and you don't have Woods to help you, so you're on your own. Here's your category. Since everyone else has a manager, maybe what the Padres need is a time machine to go back and snag a skipper from the past. Today on Real or Fake... I'll give you a name. You oh tell boy. me if they were a real Major League Baseball manager from the 1800s. Oh, my God. According to Baseball Reference. Or if it's a fake. In this case, a character from a Charles Dickens literary work. So, looking for real <laughs> Major League managers, not the fake Charles Dickens characters. Robert, you ready? 1800s. Yep. All right, here we go. Oh, Round man. number one. Real or fake manager. Dude Esterbrook. Dude Esterbrook. I'm going to go real on that one. That is manager of the Louisville Colonels in the Ah, late 1800s. That is one for Robert. You are on your way. 
Three more, and you're in the popper for Las Vegas. All right, round two. Harry Diddlebach. <laughs> Harry Diddlebach. Real or fake manager, Robert? Uh, that last name. I, I'm going to go. Well, I know you, Ben. I'm going to go real. Oh, very smart, Robert. Yeah, manager <laughs> of the St. Louis Browns. Good old Harry Diddlebach. Oh, my. All right, that is a two for two. Here we go, round three. Holly Hollingshead. <laughs> Holly Hollingshead, real or fake Major League Baseball manager, Robert? Fake. Well, he was a manager of the original Washington Nationals back in the 1870s. All right, that's okay. You still are up uh, two to one here as we go to round number four. Seth Pecksniff, real or fake Major League Baseball manager? Seth Pecksniff. Um, go fake. He is a character from Charles Dickens' classic Martin Chuzzlewit, and that is correct answer from Robert, which puts you on the verge of victory here. All you need is one more, and you are our winner today. Round number five. Abel Magwitch. Abel Magwitch. Real or fake Major League Baseball manager, Robert? Abel Magwitch. Um, I'm going to say fake. And you will be correct. Congratulations, Aiden Magwitch from Great Expectations. And with that, you have qualified. You want to try to get the last two here, uh, Robert? Let's see. Uh, round six is Bill McGonagall. Bill McGonagall. <laughs> uh, real. That is real. Brooklyn Bridegrooms managers of the 1800s. And finally. Brooklyn Bridegrooms? Will, he with the Brooklyn Bridegrooms. Okay. Yeah, that was their name. And then finally, William Van Winkle Chicken Wolf. William Van Winkle, Chicken Wolf. Real, not fake. No, he was real. He was another (laughs) Colonel's manager. Yeah, Chicken Wolf, also uh, real name William Van Winkle Wolf. But that's okay. Uh, You got five right. That is plenty. You have qualified for our getaway to Las Vegas. Uh, Stay on the line, Robert. Polly will get your information during the break, uh, probably after traffic there. So hang on a couple of minutes, and uh, hopefully you will be on your way to a Resorts World at the end of the month here in November. Congratulations. We'll get back to some take on Woods tomorrow when he gets uh, gets back from his days off. Those names absolutely bored me. I didn't make a single one of those up. <laughs> Harry Diddlebach was an actual manager. Mm. So was Holly Hollingshead. <laughs> and Seth Pecksniff was a character of Charles Dickens. Mm. There's a lot of work for me to do with this segment. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that work entails just yet. You're trying to figure it out. But I know that there's the something there. The project for you coming there up. Is, yeah, I've got my afternoon <laughs> set. Thank you very much You're for welcome. this yeah. these last 2 minutes. I didn't these these are real names, Polly. <laughs> I, I'm not uh, I'm not being coy. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just reading out real names in from baseballreference.com. They were all in there. <laughs> okay. I was looking it up last night for the you. game. All right, we will uh, come back with uh, don't do this including a Absolutely tragic ending for Monday Night Football for the Buffalo Dude, Bills what, last night. What are you doing? What are you doing? I, I don't know, but it keeps happening. I mean, not this specific thing, but like Charger-like losses for the Buffalo Bills over mm. and over again. It's a problem for Sean McDermott. We'll get to that and more coming up next after our check of traffic uh, here on Ben and Paul this morning. This hour of the show brought to you by Smart and Final. Score a Turkey Day touchdown when you shop your whole feast in one trip, and that's it at Smart and Final. Use promo code SFTHANKS for free delivery on your next order. Back after traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Baby, let's get in the water. Take it out 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot, you moron. You're a dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. All right, start. Don't do this in uh, baseball today, Paulie. What? What is Brian Cashman, the GM of the Yankees, doing this offseason? He's having an interesting is, couple is weeks. He like, has he lost his, his mind? Is he trying to get fired? That's what I was going to say. Is he trying to lose his job? I mean, George Costanza style working for the Yankees and just like saying the opposite of what he should be saying <laughs> right. every time. That feels like that's what he's doing. Uh, I hearken back, I think it was just last week. It was a week ago today. A week ago today, when uh, Brian Cashman was um, was flexing on the Yankees' lack of analytics. And when you, you said injuries, which are largely out of your control, but is there anything that needs to change and will change on the process side? Oh, we're always looking to improve on process. So last year, like last year, you, uh, everybody thought that, well, first and foremost on the out. I want to make sure, you know, and I think it's been put out there. So people talk about we're analytically driven, right? Do you know we're the sec, uh, the, the least large, we have the smallest analytics department in the American League East. Is that a shocker to you guys? We have the largest pro scouting department in all of baseball. Is that a shocker to you, to everybody? He goes on and on. But, yeah. yes, like that's that's not the flex you think it I is. I don't think yet yeah, claiming that you uh, invest <laughs> the least in your analytics department in your division is quite – the point of pride that you're making it out mm. to be. But uh, double down yesterday on a, on a different comment. Now, I understand that I'm sure GMs can be frustrated with some of their players, especially when they're not available. But you don't say it out loud. And uh, yesterday he was discussing Giancarlo Stanton, who, of course, has been plagued by injuries the last few seasons. But the way he referred to it, here was the quote. We try to limit the time he's down. But I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt again, more than likely than not, because it seems to be part of his game. Ouch. I mean, if I'm Giancarlo Stanton, that's um... I'm hearing my general manager say that getting hurt is part of my game. Like, really? And I'm going, is that really what we... Is that the narrative we're pushing now yeah. out there? Can you trade me or get me somewhere else <laughs> where... Someone would like to have me on the team? Because it sure sounds like you hate having me on your team. 
when you when you talk like that. We're trying to limit the time he's down, but not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt again more likely than not because it seems to be part of his game. Ouch, God. Brian Cashman. That you know brutal. that's a self-inflicted wound. No one is forcing you into a comment like that. <laughs> that is obviously going to be that's going to sting in your own locker room right now. Plus, even if you wanted to trade him now, you're making it harder to do so, especially with his salary. Yeah, what about that injury history, Brian Cashman? What? What injury history? You know, the one that you were talking about the other day, publicly. He's either trying to lose his job or get his ass kicked. I'm, not, I'm not sure which I'm not is sure. which. But doesn't make a lot of sense. Very weird week for Brian Cashman to be on Don't Do This Twice, <laughs> the Yankees GM. Yeah. Not great. Uh, all right, Benny, let's go to Monday Night Football Ooh. last night. My goodness. Buffalo, what are you doing? So in the fourth quarter, uh, Denver had a 21-15 lead late in the game. Buffalo. By the way, I, I don't know how they built that lead. Russell Wilson, like, I mean, he so many times, like, doing these underhand flips and, you know, the touchdown to Cortland Sutton there in the second quarter. Looked like he was throwing the ball away. I have no idea how Sutton incredible. kept his feet down in the end zone. Looked like he was... Like four yards out of bounds when he caught it. I mean, even the announcers go, oh, that's way out of bounds. There's no chance. And then they go to the slow-mo replay, and somehow he, like, full speed stops his toe like a centimeter from the line. The other toe is, like, dragging right in front of the line as he's catching the ball and takes a giant step out of bounds. It was unbelievable how Denver built this lead in the first place. But then they lose the lead. They miss an extra point. Buffalo goes up 22-21. Yes. And, and now all they need is a stop somehow. And they get a big sack of Russell Wilson at midfield. So time is running out. They need a field goal, but they're outside of field goal range. And then they get the pass interference penalty. Right. Puts but, them into range. But that puts them into field goal range. But it's not over yet because they're out of timeouts. And they're scrambling. Clock's still running. They're scrambling the field goal team on for a 41-yard kick as the clock is running down to about 15 seconds. Listen to the last. This is uh, less than a minute condensed. But it was probably the last 90 seconds in real time Cap. of the game. Just unbelievable. The field goal unit for the Bills runs out. The clock at 13. The clock at 12. They set up right now for a 41-yard field goal. Clock at 7. The ball put down. The kick is up, and the kick is no good. He misses wide right. He misses wide right. But there was a flag on the play. Call that on defense. Five-yard penalty. Still fourth down. Oh, my goodness. On the Bills, the penalty. They'll get another try. Denver will get another try. 12 men on the field. Will Lunch will now try a 36-yard field goal to win it. Ball put down. Good snap. The right-footed kick is away and good right through the middle. Dead solid perfect. And Denver wins it on a walk-off field goal 24-22. Amazing. Amazing. You heard it right here on 97.3 The Fan. Phenomenal. Phenomenal call uh, by Kevin one, Harlan is just by the one of the best in the game, Kevin Harlan. We've had him on the show before. He's fantastic. Everyone's wondering, how does that happen? I mean, you blame the extra player who's on the field. I heard, you know, Did you hear who the extra player was? Oh, yeah. Tamar Hamlin. Tamar Hamlin. Blame the special teams coordinator. I don't, I don't know whose fault it is, but it just goes to show don't you. Don't they have, like, 
someone whose job it is to count the number of people. Yeah, should be. I think they have a guy that should be, especially in those situations. You know, and the Bills also turned the ball over four times. Josh Allen threw two interceptions. They're a sloppy team. It doesn't reflect well on Sean McDermott, who was uh, one of the hottest coaching names a couple of years ago, but his star has dulled greatly in the last couple of years because he doesn't feel like he's getting the most out of his quarterback or his team's talent. They lose all kinds of crazy games at the end on Hail Marys, Kyler Kyler Murray, uh, all kinds of weird plays that cost the Buffalo Bills. They had the... um, in uh, the playoffs against the Chiefs, when Patrick Mahomes had like 13 seconds to go down the field and beat them, they just keep making mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot. But it just goes to show you, an absolutely close football game. Could have been decided on any big play in the first 59 minutes and 57 seconds. But it comes down to what? The organization on the sideline of a team correctly getting the right number of players onto the field at the end. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it is, is you just got to be better prepared than the other team at the end. <laughs> that is a brutal way to lose a football game. All right, finally, yeah, a final little doo-doo this for a Tuesday. DD mega doo-doo. All right, uh, it was, as we mentioned, award season has uh, gotten underway in Major League Baseball. Yesterday, two unanimous rookies of the year, Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks and Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles. But here's my do-do this. I like Major League Baseball's new rule implemented for this season, and uh, they will take advantage of it, both teams, in order to try to get baseball teams to promote their top stars early and not, like, manipulate mm-hmm. their set, you know, their their salary and their... Um, the cruel, their time in the major leagues before they, you know, get the arbitration clock going. They have encouraged teams by if you have a rookie of the year and you promoted him at the beginning of the year, you're awarded an extra first round draft pick the next season. It's like an incentive program, and both the Diamondbacks and the Orioles with Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson on the roster, and because they had success, uh, both will receive that additional first round pick in 2024. It's called the Prospect Promotion Incentive that the Players Union pushed for in the last collective bargaining agreement to discourage that service time manipulation that had become pretty common. And, hey, if we wait like a month to bring him up, then, you know, he won't accrue a full service year and we'll have control over him for an extra year. That's a cool – I like that rule a lot. And now, you know, and they're rewarded now by getting an extra first-round pick in addition to having the rookies of the year unanimous in both leagues. So kind of an effective strategy for both sides. I mean, it can't – can't imagine the Diamondbacks and Orioles are too unhappy about their decision to have those guys play and be successful all year long, both teams having really good seasons. And then the Players Union going, hey, we did something right here, got them to to promote guys earlier and reward them with extra draft picks. So sometimes the system does work, and in this case, I think it did. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And that is don't and do do this for a Tuesday. That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. All right, we're going Hollywood in our next segment. Catch up with uh, uh, writer, former lead writer for the David Letterman program. My friend Eric Stengel is going to join us uh, with some stories and more. Old Charger fan friend of mine. Can't believe he still cheers for the team. He does, though. Well, he's not from here, though. It's totally different, I think, if you're not from here. Yeah, I guess. I, I, it just is not as emotional. Right. So we'll talk to Eric Stengel coming up next year on 97.3 The Fan.
back from the spirit bar Brush your teeth for bed Blow out that cherry bar Paula just told me that we have not caught up with our next guest since, what was it, March of 2020. Like, right at the yeah. beginning of the pandemic. I just was- texted Eric, and I, I <laughs> scrolled up, and the last time I texted him was, yeah, like, late March 2020, and it was a different time. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I think, uh, what did you say? There Stay some, safe there out there. Be yeah. safe. Hey, man, you be, be safe, safe, too. Yeah, well, we didn't know what was approaching. It was, uh, in, in some ways, even... Even worse than we could have imagined. But uh, Eric Stengel, uh, old friend, is going to join us uh, here right after our check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. So like All we knew is he was in yeah, New York. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, uh, you know, the absolute center of the pandemic at the time. Very scary. Uh, now, his Wikipedia page lists him as a showrunner. I first uh, I first was introduced to Eric Stengel when he was the head writer for The Late Show with David Letterman. Because he happened to be this, like, Chargers fan from New York. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, he joins us right now here on 97.3 The Fan. Eric, it is good to catch up with you again. It is great to talk to you guys. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Hello, Paul. I want to say two things, that there aren't too many shows that will mention Dickens and someone named William Van Winkle Chicken Wolf <laughs> yeah. before 8 a.m., so good for you. Thank you. And, <laughs> And nothing makes you feel good like getting a message from Ben that his co-host is going to be on vacation and they have nothing but time to kill. Would you like to be on the show? Right, like that's it's easy, but that's a compliment. I take that. As a you're you're a good time filler, actually, Eric. And uh, <laughs> first of all, let me let me just find out what have you been up to uh, lately? I mean, obviously, uh, late show is is not on, but I know you've been involved in some other shows and stuff. So give us a. Just the yeah. quick uh, the quick synopsis of what Eric's been up to the last three years since we last caught up to you on the air. <laughs> I'm still in my basement from the last time that we talked. <laughs> still waiting out the um, pandemic until it's over? Waiting it out. Nobody <laughs> told me to come out. So I'm glad that Paul reached out because the first communication <laughs> I've had. Um, my brother and I are, are uh, writing partners and producing partners, and we've, we've pitched and sold a couple of shows. We've kind of dealt with the bizarre side of writing for television like the the tv world is is just not really exactly what you think it is um we went on strike and ha- you know I'm, I'm happy that that's all over we we had sold a show i'm not gonna you know badmouth anybody but uh we had sold a show to one of the networks not it was like one of the cable networks and um everybody was happy we they liked it and it was a show that that we really thought could be fun to do and they asked us to write a pilot. We wrote a pilot, and we had a meeting set um, to go over some notes. And we were told there aren't too many notes. This is going to be a great meeting. So there's like two days before the meeting is going to happen, and I'm on Twitter. That shows how long ago it was. It was called Twitter back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and I read that this network made an announcement that they're no longer developing any TV shows. Oh. And I'm like, What? I contacted all the people that we work with and they heard it from me. Like, yeah. So then after that, we, um, we, we pitched another show and then everybody went on strike and now they're back. And 
I think new shows will be back in like 2025, 2026. So that's just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, you, now it's not Twitter anymore. You once won like sports media tweet of the tweets of the year, like named one of the top tweeters in oh, sports yeah. in America. And now it's not even called Twitter anymore. So I don't know what is that award still on your shelf, or what do you do with that? It, I'm still dining out on that one. Um, <laughs> people recognize me. I uh, it's great. You know, I, that, that's another reason I stay in my basement. There's too many fans out there. Times Twitter um, 140, a, a list of the world's most influential tweeters. I mean, the fame and fortune right. alone from that. That's uh, right. Didn't you date that's Taylor I Swift? Just make up, <laughs> I, I, I make up dumb jokes, and I got in Time Magazine. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about that game last night? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, we just had it in our Don't Do This segment. I mean, I you was know. listening. Football is such a complicated sport. To mess up the most simple thing about it. I mean, even exactly. even a six-year-old can usually count to 11 to get the right number of players on the field. And if that's what ends up costing you the game, you got something <laughs> wrong on, on your sidelines, to be sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad it wasn't my team. Like, I've seen that happen to the Chargers oh, yeah. so many times. And actually, both teams played like the Chargers because there were fumbles and missed kicks and botched snaps and, like, a dropped handoff. You remember there was one time when Philip Rivers, all he had to do was, like, center the ball so that they could kick the winning field goal, and he fumbled it against the Chiefs, yeah. and they lost the game. Yeah, like, I think it was uh, Halloween, I want to say, like, 2011 or 2012. I, I remember yeah. I was at all of those games, Eric, and yes. the Bills were very Charger-like last night, they to were. be sure. And, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's – and, you know, I stuck with them through all of those – Horrible losses and terrible seasons and mistakes yeah. from the front office and bad coaching hires and finally I was I was freed <laughs> of it when they when they moved the team to Los Angeles and and I wasn't even sure if I was okay. going to give up on the Chargers but I just couldn't cheer for a a team that left my city I just knew in my heart I wasn't going to be able to do it so now I like I sit back every Sunday and as they continue to you know, throw away games that they should win and find creative and unique ways to lose, I find myself with this just smug satisfaction instead of the, <laughs> the agony of losses every Sunday. But you stuck okay. with them. Wait, hold on. I need to know how deep you go. Like, do you sit there and watch the games? I mean, I'm don't, then... I don't, like, twist my mustache every single week. If I miss a game, it's not a big deal. But they're still on you know, television here, they won't let us miss a game. I mean, it's almost like, you know, uh, it, it's almost like they're holding us hostage here in San Diego by right. making us continue to watch Chargers games on local television every week. Cucks. And so it's well, always yeah, it's always on, so I end up, usually I'm at work and I have it on every week, and it always comes down to the end, and it's always one of those, are they going to win it or are they going to lose it? And they find a way to lose it, and I just sit there, you know, I quietly say to myself, Oh, I'm so glad that I'm not living and dying with this team anymore, Eric. I'm so glad that so, I don't have to do it anymore. So you haven't – have you picked another team? I, I've, I, I played with the Minnesota Vikings a little bit, but I, oh, haven't, no, been no, able no, to, no, no. I haven't been able to develop no, a, a total passion for, for any other ben. organization at this point. No. Ben. ben, like this is your chance to pick a team that will win. Like – you could have been like, okay, I'm all in on the Chiefs, or even the 49ers, or so, like somebody. My, my daughter, she doesn't even enjoy football, but she very casually just sort of knows about it. And when she was growing up, 
she, she's in high school now and she was growing up. She's like, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm like, that's too easy. You can't just be a Patriots fan. And they won, 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 won. And then she became a Chiefs fan. I'm like, you can't do that. You just can't. You can't. But why would you pick the Vikings? Well, I mean, that see, that would have been the worst. If I had given up the Chargers, taken on the Patriots like three years ago, and go, all right, I'm all in now. I can't wait to ride this Bill Belichick train to Super Bowl title after Super Bowl title, and you end up with the most miserable team with the most miserable coach in football right now. I cheer for people now, Eric. Um, you know, one of yeah. the reasons why I like the Vikings is I've known Kevin O'Connell for a long time, grew up oh, here. Course. and. I did a couple of radio shows with him. He's just, he's the nicest guy. I want him to have success. So he's very easy to root for. I like Patrick Mahomes. So I I usually find myself cheering for the Chiefs. They also play the Chargers twice, which makes it too easy, you know, times to root for the Chiefs every single year when they they play the LA Chargers. So I tend to root for the people I like now in football as opposed to like one set of uniforms in particular. Right. Well, that's, I mean, I guess there's a reason for it, but I, if, if you're pinning your hopes on the Vikings, how many Super Bowls have they been in and how many have they won? Like, <laughs> let's, you have a chance. I, My I, family I, constantly... I get that, but I, it also, I know from being a Chargers fan that there's nothing more satisfying. And from being a Padres fan, than cheering for a team that doesn't have a history of success and then enjoying when they finally get there, it's amazing. And, you know, if they ever do get there for you, Eric, I'm sure it will be an incredible feeling. I, I tend to doubt it's going to happen under the current administration of the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, you don't think? <laughs> you know, they, they give up 500 yards a game, and the, and the coach is a defensive guru, and, and you don't think it's going to happen? I just, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, and I'm also skeptical that the people who will pick the next coach after they fire this one are, are going to get it right, because they, <laughs> they seem to get it wrong every single time, but... You know, yeah. and, and I don't blame you. I, my dad still cheers for the team. I've mentioned that many times. I, it's an emotional decision. You're not even tied to San Diego in any way. I mean, you. I think no. you've told me the story how you picked the Chargers long ago, but it doesn't have anything to do yeah. with the geography or where you grew up. It's no. It's more about no. the uniforms and the you know the Dan Fouts. Air and, yeah, and Air Coriel yeah. and uh, you know that that era of football and and so now and you I just develop them. Yeah, but yeah, moving. A hundred miles, I get it. To someone on the other side of the country, it makes very little difference. I mean, the 49ers moved almost as far when they went from Candlestick Park to Santa Clara. Yeah. So why is it such a big deal for us? It just it just is, and the way it happened to me, it is just um it was unforgivable and inexcusable and you know, I can't cheer yeah, for I them. Now you. if they move back, you know, with, with different owners, I would I would gladly come back and be a fan again at sometime in the future. Don't see that happening yeah. right now, but again, I, I feel bad for you because I know you've condemned yourself to this life of misery. I have, and, and my, my wife is much smarter than I am, and she tried to teach me something that's called sunk cost fallacy. Do you know what that is? I do. I absolutely yeah, so do. That, so that that's where somebody will not abandon a strategy because they've invested so much into it over the years. Like, I keep pinning my hopes on when it happens, it's going to be amazing. But I do have like a weird shift. I have like a, I used to get so mad when I would watch like the North Turner years and it was Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football every week. I would get, (laughs) it would be like 72 hours where I just couldn't, I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't listen to sports radio. I could, I just couldn't, well, I would go on your show and talk about it, but I just couldn't do anything. But now like I've learned, and this is something that, that any good therapist will tell you, that 
it like if somebody is, is behaves in a certain way, you can't control their behavior. The only thing you can control is your reaction to it. So I'm trying to make a shift or I'm not losing my mind every week. Like <laughs> it, it only bothered me for about four or five hours that they lost to the Lions. I, I'm happy for Lions fans, honestly. I really am. We like Jim Cam- should- We like Campbell. He's Dan Campbell's great. He's he's terrific. Yeah. But the fans, they're kinda of like Chargers fans. They're kinda of like Browns fans. Like they should have their chance. And I hope they I hope they just knock everybody off. How great would that be? Well, I, I hope for I hope for you at some point, you know, that that you get to enjoy some sports fan. And we're talking to Eric Stengel, he's a showrunner, writer, a longtime friend and I saw this in your bio. I wanted to ask you about it. it I didn't yeah. realize this before. It said you, uh, yes. you used to write for Norm McDonald's Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. Is oh, that yeah. correct? <laughs> yep. That was, that was our first TV job. And it was, I mean, this is how long ago as he was, that was when he was making O.J. Simpson jokes. But we knew somebody that would submit jokes to him every week. Like they would have their staff writers, and then they would have separate people that would just sort of, send in jokes and maybe they would get one, maybe they wouldn't. And so we, we were kind of on that second list. It's so long ago we used to fax jokes in <laughs> and we would hope to hear from them and we just never did. I, I um, love Norm MacDonald so much. He I was, was going to say, I, I'm a huge was, Saturday yeah, Night Live fan. And that and was, I know it's easy to crap on the show now. I still find it uh, mostly entertaining. We would in college. So Norm MacDonald on the update was like the best that show Just ever for been. Norm MacDonald's update, we'd yeah. gather, we'd order a pizza from Roundtable, <laughs> oh we'd share it, and we'd watch Norm MacDonald's weekend update in college all together. And I find out now that you were responsible for Hopefully, some of like my favorite line I think in television history. You tell me if you wrote it or not. Was the topping the charts this week better than Ezra coming in second? Ezra, Ezra, that was actually my friend Rodney Rothman who used to work for Norm and then sort of handed it over to us. He uh, he directed the last Spider Verse movie and he's had an amazing career. But like Norm. Norm just, he was so dry, and if you go back on YouTube and watch some of the clips, to me the funniest things are the jokes that get absolutely nothing. And he just sort of looks up at the audience and smiles and then moves on to the next I one. I mean, he, he was literally fearless. He was unafraid to be unfunny for long periods of time. It's terrifying for anyone even in, in this job where you're you're on a microphone for as long as you, as you can. But literally, maybe my favorite line in television history with the best delivery ever right here from Norm. And in music news, number one on the college charts this summer was Better Than Ezra. And at number two, Ezra. <laughs> Norm was the best. Number it one, was the I best. Love like, that. There would be times where when we were writing for Dave, where my brother or I, we would have like a joke that didn't fit what we were doing at Late Show. And we'd be like, oh my God, you know who would do really well with this. And we would just send it to Norm for nothing. And he, sometimes he would use them in his acts. And it was just so cool knowing that you could do that. He actually had a, a sports show, kind of like a sports version of the daily show for a little while on comedy central. And we used to send him jokes for that too. Um, in fact, I, I believe, I don't want to take credit for it in case I'm wrong, but I believe that my brother and I were the first people to point out that um, Michael Jordan had a, mustache of a certain dictator whose name i won't mention (laughs) (laughs) have you ever gotten have you ever tried to get up on stage and and done like your jokes yourself or have you always only written them for other people 
No, like if, if they tank, let somebody else feel that. I'm not doing that. I mean, Woods has done it. He is uh, incessantly trying to get me to go up and do at least you know five or ten minutes for like charity one Ooh, time at the comedy happen. store. It has it's to been happen. it's been one of our plans. Oh. He says it is going up on stage to do comedy is one of the most terrifying things you can ever do in your entire but, life. But and also one of the greatest highs. exhilarations that he's I ever had in his so. life. I mean, and yeah. It, I've done sketch comedy and I, I know how that feels, but see that, that, that is completely structured. Like you, when you go out and you do stand up, if you're tanking, it's just you standing there. Oh, and God. yeah, I mean, do it just to say you did it, but know that, that you're really sticking your neck out there, man. I'm, I told you I'm still in my basement. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Well, there's always, oh. there's always great writers behind all the great comedians and the great television shows that we watch, and they're oftentimes uh, unheard of, uh, you know, unseen faces behind the scenes, and I'm, I'm always glad that we can uh, every once in a while bring your at least voice out here into the public, Eric, and, uh, you know, we spend so much time watching TV and, you know, consuming all this stuff, but there's people who have to go out there and make it, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a job, and it's a living, and you've, you've done great at it, and I appreciate you coming on with us this morning. And, and catching us up on, on what you've been up to and talking a little uh, of your L.A. Chargers. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are the best, and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon, sooner than three years. Yeah, next pandemic, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we need you again. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Eric Stengel, uh, former head writer for The Late Show with David Letterman. I didn't even I didn't know, know about that Norm MacDonald thing. That is crazy that he wrote... Literally, we watched every single week, and really just for Norm McDonald's weekend update. Yeah, that I was. Mean, I've always been like the weekend update has always been my favorite part of Saturday Night yeah. Live, whether it was Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, Colin, and Michael. Now, but Norm McDonald was the goat, undoubtedly. And you know the jokes behind the jokes. That's that's where you get them all. So uh, that was fun. All right, we've got two hours still to go. We'll have Bruce Feldman join us to talk some college football. Rindle report as well. All coming up. Ben and Paul on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 